Hi, and welcome to the 12th episode of Breaking Free Podcast, a body, mind, spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz. I'm glad to be back. I don't know about the rest of you, but it's been a busy summer, and that may have contributed to my topic today. Um, But today we're going to talk about the power of stillness, particularly the healing power in stillness. So I'm excited about that topic. I've been pondering it for quite some time. And I'm just, you know, birthing it here today. But I would like also to let you know some of you um, may live out in the Orlando, Florida area. I know Whole Woman Link had its birthplace there. So it seems appropriate to the Whole Woman Link community to have our first annual conference out there. We've been talking about this for some time. It will be November 16th in Mount Dora, which is right outside of Orlando, about 30 minutes It'll be on a beautiful lake in a hotel, and it'll be from 8.30 to 4.30. You can find information, Lawn Strength, for that on Whole Women Link. Uh, September 1st, we'll have that launched. If you'd like to sign up for early bird registration, uh, early bird registration will end by October 1st. Again, the conference is November 16th. It's going to be so great. I'm so excited about it. I'm so excited about those people who are going to be presenting the topics. It's going to be an experiential healing weekend. For women who've been looking for a retreat, I think this is right a good fit for you, especially if you're part of this community and you're looking to find greater wholeness and healing. That is absolutely the, the focus of this. The theme is healed and freed to live from your joy. Again, healed and freed to live from your joy. So that's all the topics are kind of centered around that theme this year. Um, we're going to have a conference both on the east coast and the west coast because my colleague and I we live on different coasts so I live on the west coast and she I used to live in Orlando and she lives there and so we are uh, also going to have one in the spring out on the west coast for those of you that are west coasters uh, you can be looking for that as well Uh, make sure you join home and link or the breaking free podcast and then you'll get all that information as it comes up but just want to let the community know about that because I think gathering together Um, in person is a powerful thing. And I'd love to gather together um, and practice many of the things that we've been talking about with you. All right, so back to the topic, the power of, the healing power of stillness. I want to start with a little little bit of a story. This is going to certainly show my age, okay? But when I was like seven or eight, my parents had a huge encyclopedia set. You know, those encyclopedias that like everybody's now thrown away because of the internet. Yeah, we had one of those. And so school reports were done with encyclopedias and, you know, looking up topics. And I used to love to sit in front of the encyclopedia case and look up different things because I've always been a, a, a learning nerd. And, um, but my parents also subscribed to some del- program that had audio tapes, audio tapes, I know, in books. So you could listen to the tape in a cassette recorder. Yes, I am 41. And also listen to, you know, the book would play for you. And there were books that had the power of, there was the power series. So there was the power of courage, the power of cheerfulness. Uh, the power of courage, I remember, was Florence Nightingale. And the power of cheerfulness was Walt Disney. And it was these life stories of these different people, you know, in history and how they used these attributes to, you know, really do great things in their lives and how they, they, they demonstrated these powerful attributes. And it was just to encourage the young reader to, you know, develop their character, develop these attributes. So if I could create a book for you today, and I don't have one, and I certainly wouldn't do an audio tape, it would be called 
the healing power of stillness or the power of stillness to, to match that. And I think it's kind of ironic because I was looking through the titles that I've picked and you can see how your childhood creeps in. And I've done that. I've done the power series. So I have now the power of, of let's say I wrote them down just so I could remember. Um, we had the power of relationship the healing power of relationship and we've had now the healing power of forgiveness. So today we're going to have the healing power of stillness uh, just so I can be consistent. All right. Um, but I want you to know that that is stillness is a great tool to bring about joy. I, I wouldn't have thought so. So I want you to imagine the concept of balance with me for a minute. Okay. I study dialectical behavioral therapy, which has its origin in mindfulness practices, it was for people who were very dysregulated, people who have, you know, bipolar disorder, trauma-related disorders, um, to help them regulate very dysregulated emotions, right? And of course, why would mindfulness be picked to help this population? And it's because it's such a powerful tool to help people learn the the skill of self-regulation. But I'm not going to take this podcast today from a very scientific skill-based learn approach. I feel like that's best done in seminars. So again, that will happen in that seminar. But what I'm going to take is a very interpersonal approach. I'm hoping to hear you to hear it on the heart level today, because I think if you can hear the heart level importance of stillness, I think that it may spring up in you a desire to, to try this out. Maybe it'll reach you, right? I've read many, many articles on things like hey, you should eat less sugar, or hey, you should do that. And it's not until there's some buy-in for me that it's important enough for me to make a sacrifice that I recognize or have the courage, right? Like we talked about the power of courage to, to do a new thing. So I'm hoping that something in this podcast today will reach one of you and you'll try this out, that you'll experiment upon these words because you'll realize there's benefit in that experiment for you. So let's talk about balance. We are not meant to live at extremes. This is something I think I've talked about before, but I'll talk about again. We have opposites in our lives to show us where balance is, right? So if the key to joy is living in balance, right, and and dysregulation would be living at extremes, which it is, we want to look at balance, right? So we have this concept of of, of being busy, right, being engaged, productive, um, I heard a, a podcaster recently talk about the, the Henry Ford model of that production line, right? We, we, we create a system and we do that system and we have our productivity and there's some value in that, right? But there's not a lot of interpersonals with that. We just have our way of doing things. We have our routine, we do our thing and we, we accomplish things. And so certainly there's value in that. There's value in the extremes, right? We learn from them. Then on the other side, we have stillness, right? We have that being still receiving posture, um, one way to look at this is we have like the busy beehive on one end and we have like going to the mountain or the grove concept on either end. Both of them have great value. They have value in, in concept, but neither one of them in and of themselves will provide that balance. We're not meant to live at either extreme, you know, to be all focused on productivity and that's our focus or to be all focused on the stillness and, you know, nothing is achieved or done. What we want to do is find a way to bring these two together and, and live in harmony with them both, right? Have balance because both of them have value. So we're going to be thinking about that today as we talk about this topic. Okay. So what, you know, what, 
what is a stillness practice? Um, at, at its core, stillness, uh, this is, again, I'm taking this from a really cool guy that I just, I'm loving his work. It's Thomas, I'm sorry, it's um, Thomas Worthland McConkie. He's the founder of Low Lights. It's a meditation group out of Salt Lake City. And I just love how he's brought together a community that was often divided in faith and it's helped them come together and see at their core, again, their commonality the divinity, the the value in, in their different faith traditions and also in within themselves. Um, I just love the Low Lights Project. And so I've been listening to him and learning from him. But he says this, and I just love it. As a longtime practitioner of mindfulness and meditation practices, he says this, stillness at its core is about remembering. I want you to just think about that for a minute. It's about remembering. And when he said that, there's just this like light that went off in me. And I thought, yeah, okay, aside from all the scientific benefits, the way that our brain literally changes, and it does when we, when we meditate for 10 minutes a day, and all the health benefits, and it decreases anxiety by 50% when we meditate, when we do these stillness practices and depression. Um, aside from that, it's about remembering. And remembering, and this is actually more important than the others, and I think the others just spring from it. Um, it enhances our faith. It enhances our sense of the fact that we're all divine. When we stop and are still and we go inside, we connect to that true self that we've been talking about. We connect to what is there. We're able to quiet the the body, right? The body-mind, because they're together. Our mind is, again, built up of experiences that we've had, both true and untrue, both painful and joyful, and it isn't always telling us the truth. We quiet the mind, we calm the body, and in that space, we're able to receive the wisdom of our spirit, right? Our spirit that, and I'll share my faith here, that is co-eternal, that has, has divinity within it, that has this remembrance of our true self, right? Or has remembrance of the divine and has connection with it. So we get inside of this space and everything shifts. We see ourselves differently. We see others differently. We're able to see the world differently. I want you to think about it like opening a package. Imagine, I don't know about you guys, but my husband and I, we use Amazon probably more than we should because we like to support the marketplace, uh, the locals. I like to shop local, <laughs> but you know, it's convenient. And Imagine not those, an Amazon package, right? Because that's not very attractive, actually. I'm going to go deeper. Like imagine someone's beautiful birthday present to you. They took time to wrap it with just the right wrapping paper, maybe tie a bow on it. They, they attached a beautiful card, right? They brought it over to you and they gave it to you. And you have this beautiful package. Imagine taking that package and, and being like, thanks, and just putting it on a shelf. Not thanking them, not opening it, nothing. And I think that's kind of like how we act when we don't practice stillness in this life. We've been given this beautiful capacity to walk in spirit, right? To walk in transformation, to receive daily messages from source. But when we don't open the package, when we don't choose to use our power of choice to be still and to receive, we won't ever know what's inside of that package. We won't ever know the truth of who we really are, the truth of our, the divinity that's in each one of us. We don't receive it. So taking time to be still is like opening the package, 
seeing what's inside and rejoicing in the giver of the gift, right? We want to learn how to do that. That's so important. Um, Not because you need to, there's no guilt in it, but because there's something waiting for you that you've yet to receive. Watch the quality of your life change as you do that. Meditation helps us remember that not only our divinity, but that there's divinity in everyone. Um, Everything around you comes from this source. It changes the way you look at the world. You know, I was out the other day, just as an example of stillness. It's what happens when you practice stillness. And I practice meditation for about 10 minutes a day. This is my goal. And sometimes it goes longer, right? Because I have more time. But that's my commitment is that 10 minutes a day. And I was just about to listen. I like to listen to, you know, podcasts or different things while I'm, I'm walking. And, and this particular day, it wasn't working. It just wasn't connecting. And sometimes I, I, I like to like notice that and I go, hmm, how is it? Why is this showing up for me that my earphones aren't connecting to this? It just was cycling. and wasn't receiving. And I had this very distinct impression, like that's not for you. So I shut everything off and I was like, all right, I'm going to be in stillness. This is a good time to practice like mindful walking. So I'm walking with my dog and I just, my mind's just wandering, you know, I'm just kind of taking it all in. I'm noticing the water fountain in one of my person's yard. I'm noticing the, we have, we have kind of wild rabbits that like hop around our neighborhood. I'm noticing them. I'm noticing how my dog really wants to go chase them. You know, I'm taking it all in. I'm really enjoying my walk. And then all of a sudden pops into my mind, guys, just something for the conference actually that's coming up, but that fall is a time for feasting. Now that came from nowhere. Okay. I wasn't thinking about fall. I wasn't thinking about feasting. It's still summer. It's the end of summer. But because our conference is in the fall, God was wanting to talk to me about that, right? So fall is time for feasting. And all of a sudden, I'm literally feasting on this idea. Huh, feasting. Some things fill us. Some things don't fill us. Yeah. In the earth, that's a time for feasting. And this is an opportunity for me to feast with these women. You know, and so... That's kind of what happens in stillness, right? We see, receive messages. We receive these messages from the divine. We receive things that will help us with the things that we're doing, maybe in our purpose and our passion or, or for ourselves. The other thing that happens in stillness, and I want you to embrace this, not struggle against it, is notice that when you're still, that whatever it is you're avoiding will show up for you, right? Whatever it is that you've been, whatever it is your pain, whatever it is that you've been um, you know, not moving toward, it will show up for you. And I say for you, not against you, because that's the case, right? That has been there. It's been in your body the whole time. That's been something that maybe you had been avoiding. Um, and now it's in front of you, right? So you have a choice. You can either notice and embrace that pain, that pain that's stored in your mind, body, that thing that you've been struggling against, or you can receive it with compassion and non-judgment, right? The only thing that makes something good or bad is judgment for us. And so it's really important um, that we like take it as information, right? It is what it is, you know, okay, so this is the thought that I have recurring. This is something that, you know, is bothersome to me, you know, whatever it is that you're noticing. I find that in those moments, we can really receive the, I call it grace, but the grace to uh, know how to release those things and to how to move through them and to be um, move past them. 
when we arrive at a place, we can actually finally leave it. The other choice is what a lot of people do in society is we hop up and we stay busy the rest of our lives avoiding, right? Staying busy so we don't have to feel what we're actually feeling. Um, that doesn't allow us to do something that I've mentioned before that my hero Viktor Frankl says, right? In between stimulus and the way we respond to it is this space. And in that space lies our growth and our freedom. When you do mindful practices, when you have stillness, you increase that space. Then in space widens. You have this, you actually have an, an abundance of capacity that comes in to respond differently to that stimulus. You can respond differently. You can take a different path than you've taken. If you like your autopilot, if you like the way that your family system has always responded to their pain, whatever that may be, right, their, the, the, the practices and the habits and traditions of, of the family of origin or, you know, just the way you've learned to cope, then go ahead and have no space, right? Because you'll have that automatic response. But you're given this opportunity when you create space to be reflective and to stop to breathe, to reflect, and then choose. And what I want you to know is that you can always choose a better path. You can always choose a higher path. It's there for you, but you have to stop and receive it. And that's the power of stillness, right? To do that, to receive that, to receive a different idea like I did about fall as a time for feasting that I hadn't had before. And then all of a sudden I was thinking about all the things that I may be feasting on that are not filling to me. The thought came to me. I had a delicious cookie. It was made by someone who's a master baker, I'm pretty sure. But I have, we have like some diabetes, kind of pre-diabetes that runs in my family. And I was thinking about how as delicious as that cookie was, it did not fill me to, to, to the place where it was worth the inflammation that it created in my body for the next couple hours after and all of a sudden I was thinking about like nourishing my body with, with better foods. And I was thinking about nourishing myself in the word of God and nourishing myself with time in relationships with people that really fill me and how to take that fullness and share it with others. Again, this deep conversation that I didn't know I was going to have that showed up for me because we receive you guys that daily bread that that needful thing from our higher power right when we need it and it just shows up for that day for that moment but when we don't stop and be still we miss that opportunity right we miss that reception of that gift that is there the other portion that i would like to talk to you about the power of stillness is that it starts to translate itself it starts to extend itself so it's like you dive deeply into stillness and then stillness starts to show up with you all day, every day in your life. That's where we have the harmony between the busyness, right? The beehive and the productivity. What if you could take your stillness into your productivity? What if while you're being productive, you could stop and reflect and receive, right? The, you know, be present in your life. I find that when I'm really practicing stillness, I am able to minister better, to be more present to, with others. You know, I work in, in that field, right, as a mental health counselor. And that, I'm, I'm human, right? It ebbs and flows for me how present I'm able to be with others. But the real gift that we can give other people that we're seeking to connect with 
is to is our presence, right? To be present with our own divinity and to be present with theirs. This is that namaste concept. Maybe you've never you've heard of that, but this like the light in me honors the light in you, right? As we're able to do that, we're able to really be present. Watch your productivity soar. I mean it. They have they this is science, okay? But my husband is a CEO and he also a business, right? And so he does watch his business seminars. And one day he pulled me in and he said, okay, I want you to watch this with me because I know this is up your alley. I know you don't care about EBITDA and, you know, these other things that are like total business terms. And I'm like, whatever, just, just show me the bottom line here. But um, I try to, I try to care, right? I try to be present with things that are important to him. And he's such a, he does such a good job of being present with me and, and passionate about what I'm passionate about, which is enhancing of our relationship. But this day he was like, look, this is something you would be interested in in art, my field. So it came in and, and, and this whole speaker, this scientifically based speaker was talking about how there's no such thing as productivity in multitasking. Like multitasking is not a thing. And I'm like, what? I love multitasking. You know, as a woman, I'm a multitasker. And I know you women out there are hearing this right now going, uh, excuse me, I don't have a choice. I have to multitask, right? Like I have a baby on my hip. I'm cooking breakfast right now and I'm listening to your podcast. So whatever summer right i hear you i'm with you but but stay with me for a moment he talks about and it's something that i've also learned in my field i'll give it a different name i call it one mindful sometimes we have to be two mindful maybe even three mindful right because we've got all these things going but the more we can be intentional about being mindful about one thing at a time we dive so much deeper into that one thing right so what i started to do after i watched this was go okay so I'm going to go from one thing to one thing to one thing. And so that way I'm going to be really present with that one thing. And those things got accomplished and they got done well, right? And the productivity soared for me. I moved away from, and I'm still working on this, from the, ooh, I'm over here working on this. Oh, I got to put the laundry in. Oh, I need to call. And pretty soon, like, nothing gets done and there's just chaos, right? There's just all these half-accomplished things. Those of you like me who are maybe on the spectrum with the ADD, like, get it. Like, it's just hard sometimes to just practice that focus but really focusing on our minds allows in that one place and practicing that focus allows us to bring that focus into the workplace into our relationships imagine mindfulness in parenting really being present with your child and really hearing them they're deeply heard they're deeply filled right being present with your job you're, you're deeply connected to it you're productive in it you guys, it is a gift that is there for you that's waiting to be open, and I hope you'll try it. All right, so I'm going to end here with a challenge for you. There will be, I think, another podcast. I'm going to think about this on mindfulness. I'd like to go into the skills of it next time, but today I just wanted you to just contemplate the gift that is waiting there for you if you would but open it. Um, hold on a second. I just have a few thoughts. So a few things that I want you to think about that are kind of important as you start your mindfulness practice. First, number one, Find a still, serene place, a place where you can be really present and non-distracted. Shut off your phone. Um, some people like to play music. I do sometimes when I do yoga slash stillness practices, but no sound oftentimes is the best, right? And pick some sort of focal point. For me, that's usually my breath, all right? So I'm going to connect to breath. It can be sound, though. Uh, when I did my walking meditation, I just connected to the sounds around me, and that was my focal point. So 
it doesn't actually have to be still, but the idea is that there is a one mindful, there's one thing you're doing. Uh, sometimes I will pick a word. Uh, it'll be one time day my word was uh, peace. And I just focused on the word peace, right? So there, there are lots of different ways, but pick a focal point. The other thing that you, that's helpful, I think, in, in early meditation practices is um, being intentional about what that space is for. I often fill my space with light and I want don't I don't want just anything to show up there, right? So I'm connecting with source and dedicating that space and time to that connection with my source, with my higher power, um, because I'm not wanting to connect with anything else. And I, I know there are people that have concerns about meditation. That's that's the that's the thing. That's how you shield that, right? You fill the space with light. I usually start in prayer. I set an intention for that time and space. Sometimes I ask my higher power what I should be praying for. That's really cool. Um, and then I just I'm still and I receive. Your mind will wander. That's okay. We're prone to wander. All right. Just notice where you wander, receive that, and then come back to your focal point, whether it be your breath or your word, the sound. Um, and, and again, where you wander will be your teacher, right? You'll notice where you're wandering. Maybe you keep wandering to pain. Maybe you keep wandering to the same thought. Um, I like to pick a point towards the end of my meditation where I just am really open and hopefully I'm open the whole time. Uh, you get better at receiving as you practice this because the space opens up, but I really like to receive a message from my higher power. Sometimes it comes in a thought. Sometimes it comes in just an, a feeling like peace. But really what you're wanting to do as you're meditating is notice the thoughts, feelings, and sensations that are coming up in your body. We're so often outside of our bodies, right? We're not even connected to them. So there's such a regulatory, powerful thing that happens when we really step inside these bodies and we're present with them and we allow them to be our teachers, to show us where we're out of balance, to show us where we have pain in our mind-body, uh, to show us who we really are, right? To show us our divinity. So this is my challenge to you. I hope you will think about taking, guys, if 10 minutes is too much for you, any d diving into two minutes of a body scan or five minutes of meditation, just practice being still. I promise you that that stillness will start to permeate other parts of your life and, and it'll open up the gift that is there for you and you'll be able to receive things that you've yet to receive. It really is the stillness that allows us to grow in faith, to have transformation, to know our true identity. And these are things that are healing to us. Um, things that maybe were lost to you that can be restored. This is my message today. I'm so grateful to share it with you. I know it is true. I have been a practitioner and receiver of this beautiful stillness. And when we are still, we know things that we did not know. And I hope to share more about this with you and hear maybe from you in your comments about how your stillness was going. Go ahead and comment, send me messages. I'm really excited to hear about this for you. Talk to you soon.